Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Marbosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of January 13. In the news, the blockade of the Lachin Corridor by Azerbaijan enters second month. Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev says the road is not closed for those Armenians of Artsakh who do not wish to become citizens of Azerbaijan. They can leave, he says. And a delegation headed by the President of France's National Assembly arrives in Yerevan. The Lachin Corridor, the only lifeline Arsakh has with the rest of the world, remains blocked for over a month now. With serious food shortages, authorities in Arsakh have begun distributing coupons for first necessity food products. On January 9, the only high-voltage electricity line supplying Arsakh was damaged in the section controlled by Azerbaijan, and so far they have not allowed repair works to be carried out. The authorities are implementing rolling blackouts to save electricity. Yesterday, internet cables running from Armenia to Artsakh were also damaged in the section where the so-called Azerbaijani eco-activists are blocking the corridor. Kindergartens and other educational institutions which provide food to children are also not functioning. Cash withdrawals from ATMs is limited to 50,000 AMD. This is about $125 per person per day. On January 8, an Armenian civilian who, according to Azerbaijani claims, had approached an Azerbaijani military outpost earlier asking for help, was handed back over to the authorities in Artsakh by the Azerbaijani side. He was taken to Shushi, where he was handed over to the Armenian side. Azerbaijani sources also claimed he had met with the environmental activists blocking the Goristepanaget highway. Artsakh's National Security Service at the civilian Toros Khazarian is a farmer from Jardar uh, village in the Marduni district. He had gone missing on January 1. Azerbaijan had previously denied that he was in their custody. Artsakh's National Security Service accused Azerbaijan of staging a performance for propaganda purposes. Amid the ongoing crisis on January 7, the Secretary of Arsakh Security Council, Vitali Balasanyan, was dismissed. He was replaced by the first Deputy Director of Arsakh's National Security Service, Arat Melkumian. No explanations were presented about Balasanyan's dismissal. The authorities in Artsakh also filled uh, some vacant positions of ministers who had been dismissed back in December. One month after State Minister Rupen Vartanian took office, Foreign Minister David Babayan was replaced by Sergei Ghazarian, who served as the representative of Artsakh in Armenia. On January 10, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan gave a press conference with the participation of over 40 reporters from different news outlets. This was the first press conference in, the, in this format since the 2020 Arsakh War. Asked about the ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor, Pashinyan stated that the blockade aims to break the will of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. He once again reiterated that the Russian peacekeeping contingent must ensure free movement of people and goods through the Lachin Corridor, which is clearly stated in the November 9, 2020 tripartite statement. Asked about Armenia's role in the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, Pashinyan noted that the people of Arsakh should be the entity speaking about their rights and security, that they should make their own decisions, and Armenia will support them with all possible means. Commenting on the role of the Russian peacekeepers in resolving the blockade, Pashinyan announced that if Russia is not able to fulfill its obligations, perhaps it should turn to the UN Security Council regarding granting the Russian peacekeepers an international mandate or sending a multinational peacekeeping mission to Nagorno-Karabakh. 
Dmitry Peskov, the press secretary of Russia's president, told reporters that the deployment of an UN peacekeeping mission in Nagorno-Karabakh must be acceptable for both Yerevan and Baku. He added that the issue has been discussed several times by the Armenian and Russian sides. Speaking about unblocking regional communications, Pashinyan said that Armenia remains committed to this. According to the prime minister, the only thing that is preventing this from happening is Azerbaijan's continuous talk about the so-called Zankezur corridor. And during the same press conference, Pashinyan also announced that Armenia does not consider it appropriate to hold the annual CSTO military drills in Armenia, given the current circumstances. He stated that Armenia's defense ministry has already informed the CSTO about the decision of the Armenian government. In response to Pashinyan's announcement, Dmitry Peskov, speaker of the Russian president, said that Pashinyan's statement was rather new, adding that the CSDO partners will be in touch with Armenia to clarify the details of Pashinyan's announcement. At the same time, Peskov stated that Armenia is Russia's close partner and they will continue the dialogue even regarding issues that are rather complicated at the moment. The CSTO secretariat also responded to Pashinyan's announcement, stating that the organization had not received an official note from Armenia about cancelling the military drills. The spokesperson of Armenia's defense ministry, Adam Torosian, stated that Armenia had notified the CSTO about its decision on January 5. Speaking about the inaction of Russia and the CSTO regarding Armenia's security issues, uh, Pashinyan noted that after the 44-day war in uh, 2020, Yerevan communicated its primary concern to Russia that Azerbaijan would take aggressive actions against the internationally recognized territory of Armenia. He went on to say that Yerevan received official assurances that the borders of Armenia are a red line for its allies and partners in the security field. The prime minister added that under the circumstances of inaction by Russia, it turns out that Russia's military presence in Armenia not only does not guarantee the security of Armenia, but on the contrary creates threats to the security of Armenia. Maria Zakharova, the representative of Russia's foreign ministry, responded to Pashinyan's statements during a press briefing yesterday. She announced that Yerevan's claims that the presence of the Russian military poses a threat to Armenia is nonsense. Commenting on the ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor, Zakharova stated that Russia is working towards unblocking the corridor in line with the November 9 trilateral statement. She added that at the moment, vehicles carrying humanitarian aid are able to cross the corridor. Zakharova denounced criticism toward the Russian peacekeeping mission stationed in Nagorno-Karabakh, stating that criticism and provocations against this uh, peacekeeping mission are unacceptable. On January 10, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, also gave a press conference addressing a range of issues on the Armenia-Azerbaijan and Nagorno-Karabakh-Azerbaijan agenda. Speaking about the so-called Zangezur Corridor, Aliyev stated that the realization of this project is Azerbaijan's natural right. He admitted that there is no word Zangezur Corridor in the November 9 trilateral statement because he included the term in the geopolitical lexicon afterwards. However, according to him, it is a uh, explicitly stated in the November 9 trilateral statement that there should be a transport connection between the western regions of Azerbaijan and Nakhijevan and that Armenia should provide it. 
Aliyev also spoke about the return of Azerbaijanis who left Armenia when the Nagorno-Karabakh independence movement started and the first war between Armenia and Azerbaijan broke out. Of course, Western Azerbaijanis should return to their ancestral lands. This is their right. As the state of Azerbaijan, we must do our best to secure this right, Aliyev said, introducing a, you know, yet again another new concept in this configuration, this notion of a Western Azerbaijan, which really is just another hybrid warfare tactic that it is utilizing. A lot of new concepts mm-hmm. on his corridor <laughs> since the war. Well, Aliyev also spoke about uh, the offensive against the village of Paruch in Artsakh on March 24 of 2022. According to him, the main reason for the Paruch operation was not only to take control of those strategic heights. He said that Armenian forces in Artsakh allegedly fired the, at the Azerbaijani positions from those heights, adding that it was also impossible for the Azerbaijani side to repair a water reservoir near Paruch. According to Aliyev, the Paruch operation removed these threats. Aliyev also spoke about Azerbaijan's takeover of the Lachin Corridor uh, and the so-called environmental protesters that have blocked the corridor. He stated that the alternative road bypassing the Lachin Corridor was agreed uh, between the Azerbaijani and Russian sides. Aliyev went on to say that immediately after the 2020 Artsakh War, uh, Baku started the construction of the alternative road and finished it within a year and a half, while the Armenian side had not started building its part of the road. And as a reminder, on August 25 of 2022, the villages of Aravno, Berzor, and Sus, which were on the Lachin Corridor, were handed over to Azerbaijan, and Azerbaijani armed forces took over that part of the Lachin Corridor. The Armenian side announced that it will complete the construction of the alternative road by May of 2023. A dirt road was quickly repaired and is the only connection between Armenia and Artsakh currently. Talking about the so-called eco-activists who have blocked uh, Lachin since December 12, Aliyev stated that they are a source of pride for Azerbaijan. He reiterated the official stance of Baku that there is no blockade since about 400 trucks belonging to the Russian peacekeepers have passed through there in in the past month, taking food and other necessary goods to the Armenians living there. He also stated that the International Committee of the Red Cross was granted permission to cross the corridor whenever they applied for it. According to Aliyev, talks about a blockade are just another anti-Azerbaijani show orchestrated uh, by the Armenian side. It's really interesting that you know, only the Russian peacekeepers and the ICRC are allowed to cross. Therefore, there is no blockade. Well, a lot of confessions in this press conference, yeah, because if the International Red Cross has to ask for permission right. to access and it is a blockade. Well, uh, Aliyev continued to say that conditions will be created for those Armenians who want to live in Nagorno-Karabakh under the flag of Azerbaijan. He added that whoever does not want to become a citizen of Azerbaijan, the road is not closed for them, they can leave. Commenting further on Armenia-Azerbaijan relations, Aliyev said that if Armenia does not want peace, neither does Azerbaijan. He added that if Armenia is not interested in delimitation, then the border will pass where Azerbaijan wants it to pass. It was a very interesting press conference, but anyway. Yeah, confessions. (laughs) 
Yesterday, Vahan Hunanian, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, commented on Aliyev's statement that Artsakh Armenians who do not wish to become Azerbaijani citizens are free to leave. He said that with this statement, the President of Azerbaijan is unwittingly admitting that Azerbaijan, violating its international obligations under the November 9th statement, has been keeping 120,000 Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh under blockade for more than a month and is deliberately leading Nagorno-Karabakh to a humanitarian catastrophe. He added that Azerbaijan admits that the ultimate goal of its actions is to subject Nagorno-Karabakh to ethnic cleansing, to deprive the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh of the opportunity to live in their own homeland. As to comment about Aliyev's statements on the so-called Zankizur corridor, Hunanya noted that Armenia has repeatedly stated that it is interested in the opening of all transport and economic infrastructures in the region in line with the November 9th statement, he added that while Armenia is ready to open all communications under its legislation, it will never agree to the provision of an extraterritorial corridor. It is welcome that the leadership of Azerbaijan finally, frankly, stated that the claims made about the so-called corridor have nothing to do with the trilateral statement of November 9. The statement mentions only one, the Lachin Corridor, which has been illegally blocked by Azerbaijan for more than a month, Hunanian said. Asked whether Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations have reached a deadlock, Hunayan stated that in December of 2022, Armenia handed to the Azerbaijani side its proposals uh, for the draft treaty of denormalization of relations with Azerbaijan or draft peace treaty, and now Yerevan is waiting for their response. On January 11, Artsakh's president, Arai Karuchunyan, chaired a meeting of the Security Council. Uh, this was attended by representatives of all political forces represented in Artsakh's National Assembly. The Security Council session adopted a statement appealing to the international community to assume responsibility for preventing, uh, quote, the terrorist actions undertaken by Azerbaijan, the planned ethnic cleansing, and an impending new genocide. The statement also notes that the thoughts expressed by Azerbaijan's president during the press conference held on January 10 prove once again that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor is nothing but an obvious manifestation of the threat of using force by Azerbaijani authorities in the process of the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Artsakh Security Council also stated that a number of statements and opinions expressed by the Prime Minister of Armenia during his January 10 press conference raised concerns since they do not correspond to the ideas of the national struggle as well as the position of the people and authorities of Artsakh. On the same day, Artsakh State Minister Ruben Vartanian said that the speeches by the leaders of both Armenia and Azerbaijan confirmed that Artsakh has no choice but to continue its struggle for the right to self-determination, dignity and peace. Also yesterday, Parliament Speaker Alain Simonia said that Armenia should not be involved in the talks regarding the unblocking of the Lachin Corridor. He said that the authorities of Artsakh, quote, have the opportunity to directly negotiate and speak directly with Azerbaijan and that Armenia will support every decision of Artsakh. Simonian argued that Azerbaijan aims to engage Armenia in the talks to force an extraterritorial corridor through the territory of the Republic of Armenia. And on the backdrop of Pashinyan's criticism of the Russian peacekeeping mission, Artsakh's newly appointed foreign minister, Sergei Ghazaryan, stated during a Yerevan Stepanagar teleconference yesterday that the presence of the Russian peacekeeping contingent is one of the main guarantees that is restraining the Turkish Azeri tandem from completing their plans on depopulating Artsakh. 
Khazaryan also stated that one of the main goals uh, the Azerbaijani side was pursuing was to incite a wave of discontent among the Armenian population against the Russian peacekeepers. Azerbaijan is trying to discredit the activities of Russian peacekeepers by all means, he said. The foreign minister of Artsakh said that in this given situation, the role of the Russian peacekeepers is becoming more important because Azerbaijan is impeding food and medicine supply to Artsakh by all means, but the Russian peacekeepers must be involved in order for essential products to be brought in. On January 9, a, a European Union technical assessment team arrived in Yerevan, where they met Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan, Defense Minister Suren Babikian, and the Secretary of the Security Council, Armin Grigorian. The team was in Armenia to consider the possibility of uh, deploying a new EU monitoring mission uh, in Armenia. The first EU monitoring mission, which was deployed in Armenia in October, completed its mission on December 19, right after the EU announced that it would send a technical assessment team to Yerevan to discuss the deployment of another long-term mission. And more in diplomatic news this week and at uh, the beginning of the month, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan held several phone conversations with foreign diplomats. On January 6, he spoke with Samantha Power, the administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, discussing the ongoing blockade of the Laching Corridor. On January 10, Mirzoyan held a phone conversation with Bajur Osmani, the OSCE chairperson in office and the foreign minister of Northern Macedonia. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, the sides discussed a number of issues on the regional security agenda, including the blockade of the Laching Corridor. According to a press release issued by the OSCE, Osmani emphasized that he is carefully following the situation around the Laching Corridor and expressed his concerns about its effect on the daily lives of the civilian population. He called for all sides to ease tensions and engage in constructive and productive dialogue. Osmani announced that he will hold subsequent separate visits to Armenia and Azerbaijan. On the same day, Mirzoyan also spoke with Karen Donfried, the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, briefing her on the humanitarian situation deteriorating daily since the blockade began on December 12. Donfried, who also spoke with Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehum Bayramov, urged Armenian and Azerbaijani Foreign Ministers Arat Mirzoyan and Jehum Bayramov to immediately engage to find a diplomatic solution to immediately engage to find a diplomatic solution to enable movement of goods through the Laching Corridor. She encouraged the ministers to re-engage in the process of reaching an enduring peace. And a delegation headed by Georgia's Prime Minister Irakli Bashvili is in Armenia for an official visit. Yesterday, the Prime Ministers of the two countries chaired a regular session of the Intergovernmental Commission on Economic Cooperation between Armenia and Georgia. Before that, the Prime Ministers had a private conversation. In his welcoming speech, Pashinyan stated that in addition to bilateral economic cooperation, issues of security, political and regional significance were also subject to discussion with his Georgian counterpart. Gharibashvili um, stated that Georgia and its people are interested in long-term peace in the region. For this purpose, uh, Tbilisi is offering an initiative for the formation of a peaceful neighborhood platform. Georgia's Prime Minister added that this format will not replace other formats and other initiatives. On the contrary, it will help and further strengthen the chances for establishing long-term peace and stability in the region. Pashinyan and Gharibashvili signed the agreement between the Republic of Armenia and Georgia on, on on mutual visa-free travel for citizens of the two states, which will enter into force after the parliaments ratify it.
Also yesterday, a delegation headed by the president of the French National Assembly, Yael Brown Pivet, arrived in Armenia. Today, during a joint press conference with Armenia's parliament speaker, Alain Simonian, the head of the French parliament stated that France stands with brotherly countries whose territorial integrity is being threatened. She added that France is deeply concerned over the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh as the blockade is creating a worsening humanitarian situation. She also stated that France will not impose any sanctions on Azerbaijan as long as the agenda for possible peace and dialogue has not been fully exhausted. She also called for a return to dialogue within the framework of the OSCE Minsk Group, stating that it is one of the main platforms for dialogue existing today. A meeting with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan is also expected today. And on January 5, Ned Price, the spokesperson of the U.S. State Department, announced that Philip Preker, the U.S. co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group and the U.S. Special Representative for the negotiations in the South Caucasus, was dismissed. Speaking of the OSCE Minsk Group, Price did not mention whether Preker would be replaced, but he stated that the U.S. will continue bilateral cooperation with international partners in support of direct dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And this week, Zara Amatoni, the communications manager of the International Committee of the Red Cross in Armenia, told Armen Press that representatives of the Red Cross had visited the Armenian POWs held in Baku in December 2022. She added that the captives were allowed to make phone calls. Baku officially confirms holding 38 Armenian POWs. However, according to various estimates, the number is much higher. Human Rights Watch publicized its annual report for 2022. Regarding Azerbaijan, the organization notes that um, Azerbaijan's human rights record did not improve last year. The report also mentions that fighting between Armenian and Azerbaijani forces broke out in mid-September when Azerbaijan made incursions into Armenia. According to Human Rights Watch, the fighting marked one of several breakdowns of the Russia broker 2020 truce that ended hostilities over the unresolved Nagorno-Karabakh war. The report also notes that a video authenticated by Human Rights Watch showed the extrajudicial execution of at least seven Armenian soldiers by Azerbaijani forces during um, that fighting. The report also touches upon Artsakh, stating that sporadic incidents of military hostilities continued to threaten the safety and livelihoods of civilians residing in villages in Nagorno-Karabakh and along the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. Against the backdrop of the so-called environmental protests taking place on the Lachin Corridor. Uh, Human Rights Watch notes that Azerbaijan is effectively imposing a blanket ban on protests in the central areas of the capital, adding that all mainstream media remained under tight government control and people who publicly criticized the government faced threats aimed at silencing them. Regarding Armenia, the report notes that political tensions and growing insecurity from the unresolved conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh dominated events in Armenia. It also states that Armenia's authorities pursued ambitious judicial, police, and constitutional reforms. Human rights problems, including ill-treatment by law enforcement, interference with freedom of assembly, domestic violence, discrimination against people with disabilities, and violence and discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. On January 5, Azerbaijan filed a request to the International Court of Justice for the indication of provisional measures against Armenia. In its request, Azerbaijan stated that new evidence 
had emerged that Armenia, contradicting representations it made to the court in 2021, deliberately continued to lay landmines in or after 2021 in civilian zones to which displaced Azerbaijanis are slated to return, and that in October 2022, Azerbaijan also discovered booby traps in civilian homes that were planted or facilitated by Armenian forces. Azerbaijan adds that urgent action is needed to stem the mounting casualties caused in recent weeks by Armenia's actions. Azerbaijan requests the courts to indicate that Armenia provide information about all landmines placed in the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh and the surrounding regions which came under the control of Azerbaijan and for Armenia to cease to support the further planting of landmines. On January 6, Van Hunanian, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, confirmed Turkish media reports that Ankara had lifted the ban on direct air cargo transportation with Armenia. He added that Yerevan expects that the other agreement, ensuring the possibility uh, of crossing the land border for citizens of third countries, will also be implemented as soon as possible. As a reminder, Armenian and Turkish special envoys Ruben Rubinian and Sirdar Kilik agreed on July 1, 2022 to open the Armenian-Turkish border for third country citizens as well as to enable air cargo transfers between the two countries. Armenia's police chief, Vahe Ghazaryan, was appointed as the head of the newly formed Ministry of Internal Affairs. Several NGOs, which were participating in the reforms of the police, boycotted the appointment, announcing that they are ceasing their participation in the reforms. According to them, Vahe Ghazaryan is among you know, the main forces opposing reforms in the police system. And the Department of Confiscation of Illegal Property of the General Prosecutor's Office of Armenia is demanding the confiscation of illegally obtained property belonging to former mayor of Yerevan, Daron Markarian, six residential houses belonging to Markarian in Yerevan's Avan district, a summer house in Jermuk, and two vehicles, as well as his shares in a company, are subject for confiscation. On January 11, Parliamentary Opposition Armenia Alliance and ARF member Ishkan Sagatelian announced that the police had raided the homes of several ARF members and that some of them had been detained. Gor Abrahamian, the spokesperson of Armenia's investigative committee, stated that the raids were arranged in connection with a criminal investigation that was launched in August of 2022 regarding the illegal crafting of weapons. This is from Armenia's criminal code. He stated that no further information can be revealed as uh, the investigation is ongoing. And Artsakh's National Security Service has revealed the case of state treason. A soldier of Artsakh's Defense Army was recruited by foreign agents and passed on state secrets in return for money. He provided the foreign agents with information about his military unit, its commanders, and military arsenal. Armenia Statistics Committee reported that in 2022, Armenia registered uh, an average price hike of 8.3%. Prices for food products increased by 10%. Bread and cereals increased in price by just over 14%. Meat by 12.3%. Dairy products, cheese and eggs uh, increased by 11.4%. Fruits increased uh, by just under 11%. On the, against this backdrop, the government announced that Armenia had registered economic growth of about 12 to 13% in 2022, and we're feeling the inflation. Uh, yes, you know, everyone when, is feeling mm-hmm, this, no one's. Indeed.
And there is an H1N1 swine flu outbreak in Armenia. Schools have called on parents not to send children to school, even if they have mild symptoms. Students' temperatures are measured upon arrival, and six students are sent home. On January 4, Armenia's health ministry reported that two people died because of the virus. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia and Artsakh. Have um, a safe and peaceful weekend, and we'll be back again next week.